Welcome back. This is the Bearded Wisdom Podcast with your host, Les McDaniel, here in the flesh. But I want to remind you, this show is here to unstick what is stuck, to inspire the uninspired, and to liberate that leader within you. And today, we want to dive in deep to the deep waters of things that could be a little bit dangerous. But I want us to back up a little bit and reflect a little bit, have some time around this idea of are we addicted to our trauma? I've got to say this in a way that is generously gracious because my intent is not to ruffle feathers, trigger people out there with their trauma. I've got trauma. We've all got trauma. There comes a time in life where you got to make a decision. You can write your own story or let someone else tell it for you. This is the show for that time. This is Bearded Wisdom with Les McDaniel. I will start here today by sharing with you a story that really rocked my world here just recently at a Front Row Dads event that was truly one of the most epic events I've ever been to. hundred men joined forces together to discuss how to be dads first, businessmen second, to flip the script on life and to really begin to address ways in which they could be more present for their families, for their wives, for their kids, without letting the daily grind get in the way. And the truth is that many of us are even going to a Front Row Dads event to learn how to be good dads because so many of us struggled with the ways in which we were raised. We were all given traumas. We all have trauma. But there's a couple of things today that I want to play with. And there's this beautiful statement by my brother, Garen Jones, who joined us at the Front Row Dads event. And if you don't know who Garen Jones is, I cannot recommend enough checking him out. We will put a link here to that because he's truly an amazing human being who has been through a lot, who has experienced trauma that I can't even begin to fathom, things that really were pretty profound considering that he was there impacting me and all of these men that were a part of the VIP first day event. And and this group of Front Row Dads, when we get together, we really do go all in. It's a powerful testimony to the Front Row Dads community and John Vroman, who has really brought out so many beautiful things for us to work through, to chat about, to dive into. And I'm really grateful to be someone who counts himself as a leader, very involved. This is a huge portion of my life. This is my community of men, and this is my community of people because uh, my wife gets to participate in this world with me alongside of all the women and the wives that are a part of her ODADs here in the Austin, Texas area. But what I really want to toy with today is this idea that our trauma is not born from others, rather our own abandonment of the things that we love. As I hear this, and as I listen to this statement, I couldn't believe how it resonated with me so much. Because Garen started by talking about a couple of really powerful items that I thought were relevant to all of us. He asked the question, what will they do if I do what I really love? This is one question that I love. Another question that he said is, What did I love to do as a kid? What did I do at the very beginning when I didn't care, when I didn't really understand that there were all, that there were people that were looking at me and judging me and not condoning my behavior and all those things? What was it that I really loved to do? How did I play? How did I enjoy my life? This is a profound thought because the way that I played was so free. The way that I played in my life was such that I got story after story that are so beautiful. My neighbor was right next door. He's my best friend. His name was Joey Urban. Joey, if you're out there, man, I'd love to reconnect. So maybe one day you'll find me. Who knows? That'd be amazing. So Joey, if anybody knows a Joey Urban that knows a Les McDaniel, you should send him my information. Put him onto this so that we can reconnect because I'd love to know what's going on in his world today. What I can tell you, though, 
we had this grove of trees that was right between our houses. And we would do all sorts of fun things. These trees were these little thin things that you could climb up like a pole and then you could jump from one tree to another and the tree would bend way over and go to the next one. It was like a reverse jungle. Like we were swinging from the trees, but not from the vines. It was a beautiful day in, in the world. It was a day in the life of a kid who could go anywhere in his neighborhood. I could go blocks away. I walked to school. It was an amazing time in life. Things were just safer, it seemed. There was a lot less fear around our kids being able to play, to run wild. To I, I would go down to the, this court that was several blocks from my house, and I would play court baseball with tennis balls and these wiffle ball bats. I would spend my entire day there. And it was such a powerful time in my life because I didn't really know that there was things to fear to this degree, except for maybe my parents, <laughs> when I would get in trouble or stay out late or too late or miss dinner or ignore and get this, my amazing dog named Rusty, who was a mutt of a dog, but this dog was like a lassie. My mom would start calling my name and I could be three blocks away and Rusty knew where I was and he would take off running and he would find where I was and he wouldn't stop barking until I came home. It was somehow trained in him. I have no idea how he knew to do this, but he did it. And it was truly some sort of leave it to beaver kind of moment. And if you don't know what leave it to beaver is, wow, man, you guys are missing out. But I digress. And so the question really becomes, what did you do that you don't do anymore with, as a kid? Things that you did that, made, that was true play. And then the question really is, what, will you, what would they do? What would the people do in your life if you really did what you loved? If you really tapped in and did what you love, what would the other people in your life think? And does that even matter? You see, the source of, I think, so much of our trauma are the people who told us that we were too much. The source of our trauma were the people who disciplined us for being a little bit out of hand. Maybe you had too much personality. Maybe you were a little bit more sporadic. Maybe you played in ways that were just so free that it made those who did not have the freedom to play like you feel uncomfortable. Maybe you had parents that hushed you a lot in your life that didn't really want you to express emotions. And you're, maybe you're a very emotional person. Or maybe you were as a child and along the way, you felt so betrayed so many times by those in your life who would try to shut you down. Maybe you were a runt. Guys, I grew up in a time where I could, as I said, travel around. And I've told this story before, but there was this moment during this Front Row Dads event where we were to use our voice. We were singing, singing is a loose term, but we were using vocals to express our feelings in the moment. And then this moment, and I gotta tell you, I know, a lot of you may be saying right now, this is way too woo. Well, let me just tell you, this is a hundred high-powered men that gathered together and were in an incredibly woo-woo situation. Men were crying, they were hugging, they were tapping into places that they didn't even know they had. And this is an important piece of who we are as humans, to be able to feel and to express ourselves in ways where there is no judgment, to have that judgment-free zone. Anyways, this story. I was probably four, maybe five years old, and I was able to go anywhere in my neighborhood pretty much, not, not too far, but it was a small neighborhood, and my friends and all the parents around would keep a watch on us, for the most part. This is going to be a story that says otherwise, but we're going to stick with it. And there was this hole that had been dug for a septic tank or something at a new development, a new house that was being built, two houses down behind my house. 
And at this time, we had no fences in our yard. This is literally a time when fences were a thing that neighbors, true neighbors, just didn't have. And so I would roam and I would go up here and there were some older boys there and they invited me over and I was so excited to play with these older boys. And they lured me into this hole. They said there were these tunnels that they had dug and tunnels is a loose word. And these older boys, don't get me wrong, they were like maybe three to four years older than me. But they lured me into this hole and they pulled a four by eight sheet piece of plywood over this hole. And I was screaming, if you can imagine me at, a, as, at four or five years old. I was screaming, don't do this, help me, I'm scared, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden there was this stream and this smell that started to wash literally over my face. And as you can imagine, this was a horrible feeling for somebody who's this age to, to experience. And down that hole, these boys literally were just doing what boys do and doing it in a way that was such a bullying situation. And in my heart in the past, I've dwelt on this as something that has made me feel like that men in my life were actually something to be feared. I faked it very well and I faked it for years and years and I've been able to manage my own emotions through that. And I've, I look confident and people who meet me, even here, you can see that I really don't meet a stranger and I don't really know how to be afraid of presenting myself in a certain way. I have no problem standing up in front of people. I have no problem leading folks, but it has held me back just a little bit in my life with this fear that somebody is just trying to put me in a hole and to urinate all over me. And that sounds like a really weird thing to say. I get it. But in this event, something shifted. We were told to imagine a situation in our lives where trauma was being developed within us, imagining the people that did it to us. And I closed my eyes and we were supposed to grunt, and I'm not gonna do it for you, but it was a guttural grunt. It was supposed to be from the belly. Unfortunately, the first few times I did it from here, lost my voice the first day. But that guttural grunt, as though I was doing so, trying to communicate to these boys for two kilometers away on a mountain. And I found myself for the first time not seeing this as something happening to me, but as something happening to them. That this trauma that I have experienced in my life was literally weighing on my shoulders. And it was the first time that I realized that these boys were experiencing and were reliving and exercising their freedom to release some of that trauma by refocusing it on this little boy named Les. And it was in that moment that I was asking these boys from my core, from my heart, from the grunts. There were so many words involved, but just grunts were all you could hear. <laughs> and it was this moment of realization that these boys were hurting. That what little boys would do this to another little boy except for the fact that they must have experienced some of their own trauma. What kind of parents would not teach their sons and daughters not to do such things to other children? Many of us are living with a lot of these types of traumas in our life. Many of us are just little boys and girls struggling to figure out how to make it day by day. Some of us sit very quietly and reserved in our life, and it's Sure, maybe some of that's personality, but a lot of that's because of the way we've been brought up, the way we've been silenced, the way we've been told to straighten up, act right, fly right, dress right, say the right things, don't say that thing, don't cuss, don't drink, don't play with that, don't burn things, don't, whatever it is. 
I was a pyromaniac growing up, so the burn things was pretty relevant for me. There's all sorts of stories there too. And all I can tell you, all I can tell you as I have really played into this is this powerful realization that if what has happened in my life is really the result of what has been playing out in my own abandonment of those things that I used to do that were playful. If I let others in my life at any point stop playing in ways that were truly tapped into me, to who I am, to what I desire, to what I, how I live my life, to my purpose, to what I was here for. I got to digress and remind you again of this story that I've told many times, and I want you to hear it. According to science, according to the Bible, whatever you follow, there have been, it's either been many thousands of years, 10,000 years plus, or it's been billions of years, which is where I tend to lean, even though that my leaning is towards following the way. And that 13.8 billion years ago, certain types of stars exploded to form what you and I are. They're the ones that are the smaller than the super red star, something like that. I'm going to forget. Don't just know that there's these bigger stars. And there's the super giant red novas or whatever they're called. I love not being a scientist because I can just say these things and you guys can just accept it or not. But I'm telling you that we are made up of a certain type of star that exploded, imploded, and then re-imploded in a way that brought forth this thing called my flesh and a lot of the material elements of living beings. And this other larger star exploded in such a way that it actually created all the other elements that are on the periodic table. I think the first stars were up to 27 and the ones anything above 27 is for the second largest star. And those things at some level, at some point, had some sort of gravitational pull where they were drawn to one another in such a way that we have this life that you are and I are now living. This thing 13.8 billion years ago set off this thing that was that has put us in motion. We've been around supposedly for some 8 billion years, I think is what it is. And again, the numbers escape me. It's billions. So when you get to billions, it's like you could just say billions and it's more than I can count. But in that moment of expertise, this thing called the creator, this thing called source, this thing that has brought all of this alive and created this life that you and I live for this short period of time that is bookended by two dark ends that we don't really know what happened before or what's coming after. What I can tell you is that we're playing so small because of a few small voices in our world that just wanted to keep us tempered. And I want to encourage you today to play. I want to encourage you to find those things in your life. If it's swinging from trees, go swing from a tree. If it's being outdoors and running crazy, then go run crazy. If it's in those moments where you feel like you are just about to burst, go bury your head in a pillow and scream that temper tantrum out because we've been told not to do those things. We've been told to limit our exposure to our feelings. We've been taught to fly right, to land in a certain way, to be culturally appropriate, to be afraid of what we say across the board. And yet so many of us just need to play. Everything seems so serious from the gender debates to racism, to wars, to financial success and all of these things. Like even success alone has a lot of roots in trauma because we're trying to prove something. What is success? Outdoing somebody else? It's a measurement that means somebody else isn't and I am. But what if life wasn't meant to be that way? 
What if life was meant to be playful, to be lived in such a way where we could enjoy this space that we've been given in this short span of time? I've got 75 to maybe 140 years, depending upon science. I don't even know why I said 75. Let's go ahead and push it to 90. I don't know. I want to live as long as possible and as long as I'm enjoying my life. As long as I can still find joy, I want to live. And I know that many of us feel the same. But what's keeping us from living are all those voices in our head that have held us down and told us that we're not enough. Those voices that have pulled the four by eight sheet over the uh, of plywood over the hole that we've been put in and just telling us in that moment that our worth is less than. It is such a painful place to reside. When I go back to that hole, I no longer, and for the first time, I no longer see that little boy stuck in a hole, but I see a whole lot of older boys standing outside of that hole thinking how they could share their pain with me. Granted, I wasn't old enough at the time to really see that, but that was done by little boys. And I've had men and women throughout my life who have sought to put me in that hole and to cover it over with a piece of plywood and to do everything they can to, to at least seemingly hurt me. When all along, what was really going on is that those folks had lost their ability to play. So as we conclude today, I hope that you can hear this message as not something to say that your trauma doesn't exist or to even say that you are the reason or the cause of your trauma. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what if the main reason that we are experiencing so much hurt and trauma in our life is because we haven't reconnected with our ability to play, to go back into life, to forget about what everybody else thinks about how we play, to, to forget the rules because the rules really don't make a whole lot of sense when we're really talking about kids. And we're just nothing but little boys and girls who are seeking to play at a different level in a different game. So I want to challenge you to play big. Reach deep. Remember what it was that made you feel like the most alive when you were young. If you played basketball in high school or golf or whatever, maybe you should tap it back into that and find a way to reconnect with that in a playful way. Because I know that I can get out on the golf course and I can be really heavy-handed with myself for dang sure. But it's only recently that I've started to not care as much and just remembering what it's like to play. So join me. Let's go into this new year, this 2023. Let's go into there strong, looking to find ways to tap back into who we are, to know ourselves, to lead ourselves back into the life of play. I hope that you will find ways to do that. And if you need a way to, to really tap into that, a structured way, just know that what's coming soon for you is on January 30th, we're actually launching our X-Core Leadership Workshop. And it is the perfect opportunity to reconnect with who you are, to fall back in love with the heart that you were given, to master your mind and put it in subjugation to your heart. Because that heart is where your play resides. That heart is where life resides. It's the heartbeat of everything that we've been given. Your mind doesn't work unless this thing is going. And so I want to challenge you again. Check out the X-Core X Leadership Workshop. You go to xcore.epicfusion.life. xcore.epicfusion.life is the place to go to learn how you can join the X-Core Leadership Workshop. 
You can also tap on the schedule of an appointment with me to learn more about what might be best for you to begin to tap into that little boy or that little girl that wants to play, wants to live life big. That's what I'm here for. That's what I do. I help you manage your mess, your mental, emotional, and spiritual state so that you can truly tap into your message for life. And we want that message for life to be the thing that drives every ounce of your energy, every day of your life with your family, with yourself, first and foremost, with your family, with your team, with your organization, with your friends, with your community. This is what we're here to do. We're not here to grind. We're not here to master the successful life. That will come when we can understand that there's so much more than money or status or the symbols of status or the things that we think that we're going to, this thing is going to die. And this is something that is deep within me will reside throughout eternity. The saints that have gone before us, one day I will be one of them and I will be rooting for you because this is what source does. This is what I believe God does. And so let's exercise our divine nature and exercise our image-bearing selves to be those who tap into something more than this superficial facade of a meat suit and dive into that place where play resides. Well, I think I've concluded this thing multiple times. At the end of the day, here's what you need to know. Join me for the X-Core Leadership Workshop or get on my schedule, tap on my calendar, schedule an appointment with me, and let's talk about ways in which we can journey this life of together, breaking free from the trauma and learning to play again. Looking forward to seeing you again on the flip side. Talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Bearded Wisdom Show. You got a buddy or friend who needs to hear this. Please send him a link. And don't forget to hit that follow button so you can come back and hang out with Les every day.